good morning. How's everyone? That's it. All right. Good to go. I uh, hope you're doing well. Um, uh, and uh, glad that you joined us this morning. Um, today will be a little bit different than what we normally do at FCQ. Normally, um, we'll sing a little bit. I'll get up. I will um, lead you through some scripture. I'll say a couple confusing things that you think throughout the week. And a couple jokes don't last at. And uh, we'll all go home and we'll be happy. Um, today's a little bit different um, because at least once a year, um, and, and more than once this year, um, we set aside some time to talk about where we've been as a church and where we're going as a church. Um, it's called the State of FC3 Address. Um, but, uh, you know, I wanted to get Wes and Chris to sit up on chairs behind me and then stand and clap when I said something really good, but they neither of them were willing. Um, so it sounds like pay cuts to me. Um, so, yeah, here's what I want to do this morning. I want to share my heart um, with you for the church. I want to share my perspective on where we've been and, and some of the things that have happened and why they've happened, and then share my heart with you for my passion and my vision for the next year, two years, three years, four years, and five years um, for the church. Uh, and it'll end with me asking for everyone um, to put all their chips on the table um, and move in one direction with me um, for six months. And so I'll, I'll have some action steps uh, for you um, for what I think is the next step uh, in our church life. Um, but I think the most appropriate place to start um, would be with kind of a personal story that I, I wanted to share with y'all this morning. Um, a handful of you in here have heard versions of this story. Um, a lot of you probably have not heard it at all. Uh, we tried intentionally not to make it a big deal um, here at the church. Um, it starts a long time ago in 2009 when I got called to be the pastor of FC3. Um, I was a child, did not grow facial hair. Um, you know, my voice was still getting deeper. Uh, this week, some of us were kind of joking around and, and trying to think of like a little catchphrase for FC3, and then it got sarcastic and funny, and no one was seriously trying anymore. Um, and so I put out FC3, a church that's literally run by a child. Uh, that could be our brand for the community. So I got called in 2009, and it was an accident. It wasn't on like wasn't a secret move of mine. You know, it wasn't on my five-year plan. Never been trained to be a pastor or anything like that. Um, but I thought, why not? At the time, the church was a lot smaller. Uh, and at the time, um, uh, you know, a very small part-time role was really all that was required uh, for the church uh, in the moment. Um, you fast forward that to last spring, okay? And last spring, I went through kind of a existential crisis, if you will. Um, kind of a quarter of life crisis. Not midlife, but quarter of life. Um, and a lot of things in my life started not working. Uh, I started going through some struggles. Uh, I can't be too specific on, on kind of some of the conflicts I was in. Um, but in March, I made a, a clear decision after a couple of months of struggling and being pretty down and pretty confused with my life and the, the life around me. Um, in March, the high school I had worked at full-time um, for five years, uh, I handed back the contract they gave me with, without my signature on it. Um, and so I'm, I'm leaving. Uh, and at the time, the plan was very simple. Um, it was to leave Sugarland. 
uh, to go and do my PhD. I was talking to a school in Scotland. Um, they were had mentioned the possibility of getting a full ride for me, and so it definitely wasn't already in place. Um, but I I was definitely sure of one thing. I was done. Um, part of what played into that decision um, was not only my frustration with kind of how things were going in my life here in Sugarland, but also with the church. Um, not to say that I didn't like the church or the church wasn't doing well, um, but I had told some people privately uh, that, that I had gotten the sense over the last couple of years that I had topped out at the church. Um, that we had, and the, the numbers clarify this, would, would show this, we kind of plateaued over the last two years or so. Um, now, that's not to take away from all the great things that have happened at FCQ. Um, you know, the statistics are, are horrifying for churches under 150. Um, they're dying at a rate faster than ever. In 2016, the rate's supposed to increase to the highest rate we've ever seen. And people in small churches are flocking to mid-sized churches, 400 and above, and then mega churches. And so the fact that we still exist is somewhat of an accomplishment, right? Um, and the fact that every year we grow a little bit, it's been about a five-person average every year in average attendance, um, you have to remember as a church, every year you lose people, um, and usually not because they're unhappy with you, right, but because they get a job relocation, they graduate, um, they um, go do something differently, they um, get called to another ministry. Uh, we've seen a lot of our kind of gifted leaders um, called away over the years um, to go and kind of stretch out their wings on their own in their own ministry. Um, and a lot of our key families um, we've had to say goodbye to. Uh, they move away for one reason or another. And if you remember, you were here when we did the um, God on Your iPod. And we had that video, right? And there are eight to nine families who we talked about how much they loved FCQ and still prayed for us. And, and these are the, the type of people, right, that just leave in the course of a year. It's an attrition rate. It's natural. Every church goes through it. It's obviously much harder, though, for small churches. Um, and so we've been able to match that and, and be a little bit above it, uh, about a five-person growth. Um, and we continue to baptize people. You know, we, we baptized two people last year. It's a small thing in my life, in my heart. Um, for whatever reason, while our growth curve is very little over the last few years, our financial growth is, is quite extensive. Um, and so God's blessed us there. And, and so we're in a great financial place. And we were able to retire the mortgage last year. And all those things were huge for me. But I still thought that... FC3 had grown and expanded as far as my leadership could take them. Um, and so I thought the pastor for me, Matt Rosine, had taken the church in a couple of good steps. And I thought I had taken the church in a couple of more good steps, kind of built on that momentum. And I thought really what the church needs, instead of me staying there and doing the same thing for five more years, is someone else to come in and build on this momentum, right? Maybe someone a little bit older, um, with some more experience in this type of a thing. Uh, and so I was out. Um, now, when I resigned from Fort Bend, you know, I obviously didn't come to the church and say I'm out um, until I was registered and moved and all those kind of things. Um, but that's what was on my mind. Now, what happened is, in the course of about four or five weeks, I don't think I remember this, um, Life didn't get easier for me. Uh, 
after I'd made that decision. I, I thought that if I'd made that decision, everything would go away, right? Like, I stopped worrying about anything here and just set my sights on the future and go away. The next three to four weeks, things got a little bit tougher for me um, to the point, actually, where uh, I, I ended up having a stress-induced seizure at a Rockets game, which landed me in an ambulance and then in an ER, um, the week before Easter, if you'll remember last week, Easter was really early in April, uh, and on Good Friday, Wes preached. That's why Wes preached on Good Friday. I was supposed to preach, um, but I was unable to drive, unable to communicate, be coherent, that kind of thing. Although I did rally and present what I thought was a pretty good Easter sermon. Um, although later, um, in hindsight, Chris would tell me, no, you looked horrible. Uh, he was like, the sermon's okay, but you look bad. Um, I was like, nah, I was pretty proud of myself. Um, not being able to preach two days earlier, trying to come up here and, and be composed. But through wrestling with God in prayer, I got the impression, the distinct impression, I rarely get these types of revelations um, where I'm not able to rationalize out of it, um, that, in fact, I was in a stay at FCQ. And that the reason I had given up Fort Bend Christian, that teaching job, was so that I could actually... Um, for the first time since 2009, put all my focus and passion into FC30. Um, and here's the argument that I have with God. It was, I'm not going to do that only to do the same things over and over at FCQ. Again, not to, 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 to throw anything bad on what's happened in the past, right? But there are lots of opportunities for FCQ. Um, that I've not been able to take the church to. Um, and, and frankly, at times, I didn't think I had the leadership skills to take the church to. You know, I can preach. And for whatever reason, people leave church thinking, you know, it was a good sermon, he's a good preacher. Um, but I'd never really gotten elbow deep in all the ministries and, and really led um, in a comprehensive way at the church. Um, and so my argument with God was, I, I'm not staying just for the status quo. I don't want to waste the next five years of my life. And I don't want to waste the next five years of FCQ's life. Um, with this momentum, with these unique opportunities, they need someone who, who can take them farther. Um, you know, for me, it was a, a story I'd heard a few years ago. Um, kind of captured it all. There's a, a pumpkin farmer. and um, Just as the, as they were starting to grow, as the pumpkins were starting to grow, he went out and put in a mason jar um, around one of the little pumpkins and then months later when they were full grown and he went to go collect them uh, he had forgotten about his little experiment but he finally came to that pumpkin and it was much smaller than the others right it actually just grew to the mason jar it was in a mason jar shape and for me that's what the church had done it had grown to my passion and focus and leadership abilities um, and and things we had tried other than that, or more than that, had seemingly not really stuck, had not really been successful. Um, but I kept getting the, this, this, this word and promise from God that he was just beginning at FCQ. And that my time at FCQ was just beginning. But I wasn't at the end of my time at FCQ. Um, I was actually at the start of it. Uh, and there's going to be a new season where I... Um, was able to focus more and have more passion and, and grow and apply new leadership skills to the church and, and take us into the next season. Um, 
And so this morning, you know, I, I, I come and, and I'll cast some vision, but I want to say with the authority and power that God's given me, um, that FCQ, I will not settle for our status quo. Uh, FCQ will not settle, will not sit still and hope for the best. What times you've done. FCQ will not be paralyzed with the opportunities in front of us. Instead, we're going to seize those opportunities, grow upon them. We're going to aggressively pursue um, greater kingdom influence in the world around us. Uh, and we're going to recommit ourselves to our, our mission, um, which is, I think, where everything has to start as a church, is, is at our mission. And so um, let's remind ourselves of what our mission is, okay? What FC3 has been called to do. Um, we have a mission statement. It's to glorify God as we make disciple-making disciples of Jesus Christ. Um, this is why we exist, okay? This is our purpose as an organization. If you have your Bible, um, flip with, with me to Matthew 28. We'll look at the very end of Matthew 28. Classic passage. A lot of us are probably familiar with this. So after about four weeks, I decided, okay, I'm going to try to stay at FCQ. Um, but unfortunately, I'd already given up my job that paid for the bills. You know, FC3 had always paid me generously, but it wouldn't uh, support my lifestyle, which is very extravagant. Um, <laughs> and so there's no, there's no done deal, right? In the summer, I went to the, the board and was like, hey, I'd like to be full-time. I don't know if that's something y'all would like. I had a sense that they liked me. Um, and uh, since it was a financial possibility for them, but it, it's a step change for the church, right? For at least seven years, we've done part-time everything. Uh, never had a, a, a leader um, full-time. And so, and they said yes. And, and really, this sermon today and in the future is a culmination of really the past six months or so. You can ask Wes, you can ask other people who work closely with me, the elders, um, uh, and I've been told repeatedly, you know, who's this new Mike? Um, who is, who is this, where is this passion coming from? Where is this, um, where are these new leadership skills coming from? Those kind of things. Um, I've got multiple standing meetings throughout the week with people who um, the sole purpose is to go over um, my leadership with the church. Um, what skills do I have? How am I developing them? What do I need to develop? Um, I've gone over and over and over again. Um, trying to discern from God what is the exact mission and vision for FC Cube. Um, and all of that is kind of culminating today and then with what will follow in the future. Um, so in Matthew 28, verse 16, we get the Great Commission in this last session of, of Matthew 28. The eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus, after he had resurrected, told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Um, so you can see how our mission statement, glorify God by making disciples, making disciples of Jesus Christ, um, fits in like a glove with this Great Commission. Really, the Great Commission is the mission statement for all Christians everywhere and for all churches everywhere. 
Um, which is why if you go on almost any church website or to any church, you'll find their mission statement is some kind of rewording of the Great Commission. Um, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. It would probably be worse if you could find a church that existed for a reason other than this. Um, we exist to kind of build a brand in the world that will last forever, that kind of a thing. Um, no, we, we just have our own ways of phrasing it. I particularly like our way of phrasing it because it not only has this um, growth factor, so we make disciples, but it also has the multiplication factor in it. Because each disciple should make disciples. And so if we're truly making disciples, they're going to go and then make more disciples. This is how the, the church was able to multiply and take over Rome so fast in the early few centuries uh, A.D. Um, because they weren't adding one by one, Right? They'd add three, and then each of those three would add three. And then it's just multiplication, right? Before you know it, you've reached a huge amount of people. Um, what we can acknowledge, though, from our mission statement um, is that a, a church that isn't growing, that isn't making disciples, is a church that's dying. And I've said that before. Um, a church that isn't growing is a church that's dying. And it's true for two reasons. One is spiritually, Right? Um, if our church is not continually making more disciples, um, then, then we're not obeying Jesus. We're not living out the purpose of why we're Christians and why we're a church gathered together to pursue Jesus together. Um, so spiritually, you've got to wonder what's going on there. There's some kind of decline. Um, and then physically, it's just math, right? If you're not growing, you're dying. Remember, factor in that attrition rate. This is why most small churches end up dying. It's not because they do anything bad um, or people decide all of a sudden they don't like that church. Um, it's because they're not actually aggressively adding people. Uh, and so for an 80-person church like FC Cube, um, if you take a 10% attrition rate, right, we're a handful of years away from being dead if we don't add people, if we don't currently make disciples. On my count, we lost 21 people in 2015. Um, and those are people like you think of that weren't, they didn't just like visit once and never show up. They were people who were consistent participants in the life of the church and who left for a reason other than the fact that they stopped liking the church. Right? They had job changes. They had new ministry opportunities to them. Um, and yet we grew in attendance by five. Which means we've added a lot of people as well. Um, so there's something to say to our ability um, to, to stay afloat in this kind of climate of church um, that's somewhat impressive. Um, um, we're committed at FCQ to growing, to making disciples. Um, not only as church leadership, right, but all of us, each of us as disciples. We grow and get closer to Christ so that, and in order that, and with the, the result being that we will make disciples. Um, and the church can never get away from that. Um, you know, there are lots of reasons why people, and particularly in small churches, sometimes are fearful of an overemphasis of growth. Um, because of the past experience they've had, or churches that they see that they perceive are doing it wrong, um, or of a fear of losing something special that the church has if they grow, um, if they grow too much. Um, and yet... Growth remains central to our mission. Um, when we look out at the world, um, 
we see, I think, people who don't come to church and benefit the experience of a church at home and family. Um, and I think we should shift our perspectives, right? They're not prospects and they're not projects. I would even say they're not lost people. Um, the only time you get that phrase in scriptures is in, is in Luke 15, um, the lost coin and lost sheep. Um, but actually, the point of those parables is not to degrade those people, like they're lost and we're found. It's to prove that these are the people Jesus wants the most, that he values and cares about the most. Um, we might instead shift our language and our attention to not seeing um, growth as a way to um, make sure that I have a salary, or as a way to make sure that FC3 somehow has an impact in a brand in Sugarland, um, but as a way that we glorify God and make Jesus happy by participating with him and finding the people that he misses the most. That's what we're doing when we're making disciples, when we're bringing people into our church family. Um, it's not artificial. Um, it's not a project thing. It's not a prospect thing. Um, it's you and I going out into the world, and instead of seeing people as projects or as lost or as unsaved or as not worthy, we see them as somebody that Jesus desperately misses. And someone that Jesus desperately wants to encounter in the context of a local church. Um, as we think about our mission, um, while the mission is, is pretty similar to all churches, um, each church has a unique, unique aspect and take to their mission. Um, churches have a unique culture, have unique values. Um, most of us who are here have gone to other churches before. And you can realize, it doesn't take long to realize, right, there's just a different culture. And there are different values. There's a sort of inherent characteristics that we all kind of agree on here at FCQ. Um, and I, I don't think it's a bad thing. I've come to think more and more that's not a bad thing. Um, that a city, for instance, needs lots of different churches. Churches that do different things, that meet different needs. Um, all churches have unique skills and unique abilities and unique demographics that they reach. Um, and so, um, what I've come to conclude from story after story after story, from talking to people over and over again, is that one of the things, FC3, that makes us unique in our mission, one of the things we do better than other churches, um, at least better than some, is, is for whatever reason, we attract de-churched people. Um, which is a churchy word, so we'd never use that, right? Um, but an unchurched person, somebody who's not a Christian and never really has been in the Christian culture. Um, the story we get a lot at FC Cubed is someone who's coming either from another church um, that they didn't sense was um, really hitting the mark um, with what they were looking for in discipleship and worship and all those things, or someone who had a church at one point and then left, decided to stay home. It was easier. Um, they have lots of reasons for leaving, and some of them are still Christians. Some maybe stop being Christians. But at some point, they are introduced to FC3, and they kind of fall in love with the church again. Um, this is the story, I think, of a lot of us in the room. Um, this is the story, again, that, that we hear often out of people. As far as I know, no one in here is an atheist um, who was converted into Christianity. Um, and as far as I know, also no one in here was a member of a different religion who was converted by one of our members to believe in Christianity. 
Um, us as a church hit some kind of scratch um, that other churches weren't hitting um, and were able to um, be a faith family that people had maybe consciously or unconsciously been always looking for but never found. Um, and so when we talk to people who've moved away, the common thing we get is um, FC3 has ruined churches for us. We can't find other churches like it. Um, and it's that it, right, that's w- what makes us unique. Uh, not better than other churches, and not worse than other churches. It's just our unique kingdom place, our unique kingdom abilities, our unique kingdom opportunities. Um, recently I started a, a new youth group Bible study here at the church, and, and we've met twice now. Um, and it's a group of kids, um, a group of students, and some of the students, you know, if you'd asked their teachers, they wouldn't believe that this kid was at a Bible study. Um, um, but this last Wednesday, I can remember, we all were sitting in my office, about eight of us, maybe ten, and we were scheduled to go from seven to nine, uh, and we were sitting in there talking about Second Peter 1, out of all places, and we stayed until 11 o'clock, and the sense in the room was that we didn't want it to end, but our parents were going to be mad at us. Um... And it was children, not children, that's so patronizing, students, young adults, who, for some of them, had given up on the church. For some of them, didn't call themselves Christians. But actually found that a group of people could be honest, enjoy each other's presence, care about each other, and have deep, open discussion about the Bible. That was actually cool to them. That's like something they'd never experienced but would like more of. Right? Which, you know, ties in very closely to how I came to FCQ. It was through a youth group. Chris and Janelle were running. The same type of thing where we would come and meet, and it was something we'd never gotten anywhere else in our whole lives, even as church kids. And then something that we'd leave going, like, okay, when's the next time that we can meet and do that again? And created this hunger in us. It created a hunger in me to always be um, someone who tries to make the church better. This is maybe why our church is built the way it is. It's a little bit maybe my personality. I'm not a, an evangelist. You know, I don't think I've ever convinced an atheist to become a Christian or walk someone out of another religion into Christianity. What I have done over and over and over and over and over again is convince people there's a better way to be Christian, a more beautiful way, a more satisfying way, and seen them grow into that. My heart has always been to reform the church, um, and perhaps that's why FC Cubes is set up and uniquely attracts people looking for a church that maybe wants to go deeper and to explore a little bit more. Um, when we ask people um, about what makes FC Cubes unique, we did the congregational survey recently. Um, that is largely what we found. Um, almost everybody's description of FC3 involved a comparison to a past church or to uh, a stereotype of churches as they know it. Um, and at first, I, was, I felt bad about that. You know, we told us a pastor not to church poach. You don't just trade the flock, right? But I realized, actually, 80% of the people sitting at home right now are these people that we're uniquely equipped to attract and build and incorporate into our church family who once attended a church, but it 
became so cliche or boring or whatever to them, um, dissatisfying that they decided it was easier just to sit home on Sunday morning. And we have the ability to introduce them to a different way of doing church, a deeper, maybe more beautiful, more satisfying way. Um, so with the mission, though, comes a strategy. Okay, how do we do this? How do we make disciple-making disciples of Jesus Christ? Um, so the strategy that we've adopted and are adopting here at FC3 is we make disciple-making disciples by being Christ-like disciple-makers every day throughout the week and then practicing this daily and weekly rhythm of worship where we come together and, and worship and fellowship. The community where we have people who we know and who know us, people we support and people who support us, people who we pray for and people who pray for us. And then spiritual formation, where we um, grow in our spiritual disciplines, where we learn how to kind of slowly feed ourselves um, instead of relying on other people to feed us. And we grow in our prayer life, and we grow in our um, ability to read and understand the scriptures. And then in service, as we serve the church, as we serve on missions and outreach in and around our community. Um, when we ask people what do we do the best, and you know, I've asked people this over and over again in the past six months or so, um, the answer is almost unanimous um, that what FC3 does best is preaching and community. Um, and it's, it's weird to say that, because I'm a preacher, okay? Um, it's still surreal to me that, that people think that's such a strong gift, and, and for whatever reason I'm able to trick people into thinking that they've left and they've heard something unique and something um, that they want to come back and hear more of. Um, but the preaching, uh, I, I just was talking to someone yesterday who's joining our church, and they have a 40-minute drive. They're probably going to move further away an hour, but they're like, no, we're still going to make it. Uh, and the main reason it was the preaching. It's the only church we've found where we feel equipped, where we feel like we're growing and being challenged uh, so that we can go fulfill our own missions in the world. Um, and then community. Um, so here's what I would suggest. As, as we try to invite and grow, um, let's get our ears read when we hear conversations or meet people who are de-churched and maybe complaining about preaching or community. Um, you know, this is how I've started inviting people, my criteria. Um, I invite a lot of people to church, um, but especially if it's someone who's de-churched, who's church hopping or unsatisfied, stop going to their church, and who mentions something about the preaching being a reason or not being plugged in with other people, um, not knowing other people, I go, hey, do you want to try FC3? You, you know, what are you going to lose by coming for a Sunday, right? Um, it's not for everybody. Even if you're looking for good preaching and good community, FC Cube is not for everybody. I know it's not for everybody because a lot of people have come once and never showed up again. <laughs> Because my parents live 10 minutes away, and they don't come. <laughs> so I get it, right? It doesn't hurt my feelings. Just like every church is not for everybody, FC3 is not for everybody. But, but when I hear church and then things about preaching and community, immediately that makes me think, that's our, that's our demographic. That's the person who's most likely to find a fit at FCQ. Um, and so we have our mission and our strategy. And those are, are pretty unchanging. Um, what comes next, though, is what I want to present to you is, is the vision that I think God has given me for the church, for the future of the church. Um, so we'll start with kind of like a mountaintop view of the vision. Um, 
A vision is a picture of God's um, better future for the church. Okay, um, Visions give us direction, energy, passion. Um, they push us towards the future. Um, but they're much more flexible than mission and strategy. They're, they're dynamic. Vision changes according to circumstances. Right? Vision um, is a lot more adept. And it's like jazz music. Right? Um, vision rolls with the punches. Um, but here's the vision that, that I have for FCQ. And um, I can paint it this way with this question. Who will we be worshiping with in one to two years and in three and five years? Who will be around us? Who, when I walk on stage or when we walk into the church, who will be worshiping with us? In one to two years, um, I think FC3 is going to further establish our presence and reputation in Sugarland as a place for excellent preaching and deep, true community. I think we'll be more focused and more successful in our mission, particularly reaching out to Clements High School and our surrounding neighbors. I think we will subsequently run out of room in this building um, and face major space issues. Um, and I think we'll have all of our unique ministries operating together with a single laser-like focus to help each and every one of us accomplish our mission. Um, and the question to who we'll be worshiping with in one or two years, here's what I, here's what I envision for us. We'll be worshiping with our spiritual children. Which means that most of us, if not all of us, hopefully, when we come in on a Sunday morning, we'll see, maybe sit next to, a person that we led to FTQ. A person that we played a part in. Who Jesus was seeking out. A disciple. Someone growing in their faith along with us. When I look at three and five years, though, I, I, I see this. Um, the question to who we'll be worshiping with will be not only our spiritual children, but our spiritual grandchildren. So when we walk into worship, we're going to see not only the people that we maybe have helped bring into the community, we're also going to see the people sitting next to them that they've helped bring into the community. And, and as we successfully pursue our mission, we'll start to see this genealogy of sorts. And there's nothing, I think, more satisfying in the Christian life than this. Nothing will produce more life in your heart, more energy in your life, more passion in your soul, more fire in your gut, than being able to see the person who is following Christ in some part because of your efforts. And then, I don't think you can imagine what it might feel like to see the person who's following Christ <coughs> in part because of the person you helped follow Christ. In three to five years, um, we're going to be sitting on a new sanctuary, worshiping there out near the Sweetwater um, Road, uh, the nice driveway out in Sweetwater. Um, we're also going to start to slowly represent the diversity of our context as we reach out more successfully to our surrounding neighbors. Um, we're going to be a... Uh, known um, and be more known for our ability to train youth into leaders not just for the future but for now this is what FC3 has always done and what we're skilled at um, we train youth um, we give them skills and leadership not only for some future phase of the church but for now we give them a seat at the table now um, in three to five years our church is going to have 
developed and be developing original resources on evangelism, spiritual formation, leadership development that will be used and implemented by churches in Houston and Texas and maybe nationwide. We have the skill, we have the creativity, we have the production value um, already to do this. Um, we'll be worshiping one day with our spiritual <coughs> children, with, our, with the person we help become a disciple. In three to five years on this new sanctuary, in this new sanctuary, we'll be worshiping with not only the person we help make a disciple, but the people they're helping make disciples. We'll see this multiplication effort in action. Um, now, to get to this vision, it's going to take actual steps, right? We can't sit here and talk about it. And as a confession of sorts, I went back and read through my old State of FC3 address. And at times, I've said things similar to this. And I've not had the skill or passion or focus or time to follow through. And so we've just settled with the status quo. Um, again, though, I mean, Wes, could you vocally give us a heads up? Um, have I been a different person the last six months? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do I pay you to say that? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, here's what's different when I paint the vision than any other time I painted the vision. Is... I have more passion in my gut and more fire in my belly. Um, and we have more people and more resources than we've ever had. Um, this is no longer a game for me. This is no longer an accident for me. This is no longer something I do part-time. This is something I feel God leading me to do and make me successful. To, to follow through on this vision to equip the church to follow through on this vision. Um, and so, for the first time since 2009, you now have a pastor who's elbow deep in Greece, willing to work, willing to push forward, willing to equip. Um, but again, there's steps. There's steps we have to take. And so today I'm going to present you with one step. We might call it a milestone. Um, and to, to get there, I want to take you back to our, our map, our strategy, okay? Um, People say the two best things we're good at are worship and community. Surprisingly, though, the also um, phrase we hear a lot, comment I hear a lot, particularly from newer people, is I don't have community at your church. I don't know how to have community at your church. But the same visitor that I met with yesterday who was telling me how to join, he was like, yeah, the preaching's great. He was like, Can I, you want more feedback? Like maybe it's a little more honest. It's like, the preaching wasn't honest? He's like, no, 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 the preaching was honest. <laughs> Um, he was like, does your church ever do anything during the week? <laughs> and I went, uh, yeah. You know, there's a women's group that meets. If you are free during the day and not in school and are a woman. Um, <laughs> here's what we found. Um, the community that FC3 so values, here's my observation. It's a community that was formed five years ago. We know it was much easier when we were a 40-person church, and most of us were in the same stage of life. 
and has become much harder um, to just organically happen now that we have kids. I don't have a kid, not anytime soon. Um, and we have welcomed other people in a congregation in different stages of life. And unfortunately, um, for people who have attended today and are here now, and for people who are regular visitors who we'll see again in the next few weeks, and for any new visitors that come into our doors, we have no clear and intentional next steps to plug them into a community, to allow them to get to know people, make friendships and be known, to love and be loved, to really find that romanticized version of community that, that a few of us found handful of years ago. And we've maybe flourished on it. Um, and the comment I've gotten a lot is too, we can kind of see that it's there, but it feels like we're standing on the outside of the party. And I can't say anything, but that's a great analogy. And we discovered this party a few years ago, but we weren't intentional about opening it up and developing it and making it clear how you could get in on it. And we've got to fix that. In fact, I think that's our most pressing need right now. If FC Cube is going to be what FC Cube needs to be, if FC Cube is going to be what FC Cube could be, I think we've got to solve that problem. And so here's our first goal as a church. We're going to go goal by goal, um, one goal at a time. Our first first goal is going to be um, for you and I, Uh, as a church all together um, to have a clear and diverse way of connecting all and anyone who might come to our church. Connecting them to a community that will love them and live life with them. We'll see the next slide. We'll we'll give this a little phrase, okay? Um, Here's our, our first milestone or goal. We want to develop and foster deep community in a shallow world. And, and maybe this is a phrase that we can kind of imprint on our minds for the next six months. So like all goals, good goals, we, we need to have a deadline. We need to know how we've achieved it, okay? We're specifically giving one goal at a time. In July, I've got another goal for you. It might change between now and July. That's what visions do. Um, but we're going to go one at a time because here's what we need to do. We need every leader in our church. We need every ministry in our church We need every person in our church to push in the same direction. And that will be the key. Us all having clarity and focus in being able to accomplish things that might otherwise take five, seven years, might otherwise never get accomplished. God's plan for the church community is a place where people can be family. And a lot of us have found that. But still some who've come for a long time have not. And and there's no easy way that I know of to plug people into that type of family. An intentional, next step, clear way to do that. That is what God desires for the church. That's what most of us love about the church. I don't really like the preaching that much. I do like the fact that I know my problems are your problems. And I've experienced it firsthand when I've got a problem. People drop what they're doing. They protect me like family. And a lot of you in here have experienced it firsthand when you've had a problem. We drop what we're doing. We 
protect you and love you like family. We don't let anyone go in need. We have money and time and resources. And as much as an immediate family provides that kind of safety net, a faith family should provide it, if not more so. This is God's desire for communities. This is what made most of us fall in love with FC3. Now is the time for us to um, get this settled and intentional and clear because we have more people and leadership and resources than ever. We have a new passion in leadership, specifically in your pastor that you've not seen since 2009. And if we don't do it today, I think it'll actually just become harder and harder and harder to do um, six months from now, eight months from now, 12 months from now. And if we don't do it today, I think the danger is that we're going to fall and keep falling into this hypnotic trance where we're content to kind of doggy paddle in the same place and slowly lose our sense of purpose and lose our opportunity to pass on the community that we've been blessed with. We'll lose sight of our vision and our mission. We'll lose one of our strengths. I don't want people in a year to say the only strength of FC Cube is their preaching. That's not who we are. We're a church that has deep preaching and intellectual content, but we're a church that's family. And we've got to be able to plug people into that family. And, and this benefits all of us. We all benefit from more and truer community. Um, it helps us live out our mission in terms of growth. Oftentimes, the first step for somebody to come into a church family is through an event, like a Super Bowl party. Right? People are much more likely to come to something um, like that than they are to come to um, a Sunday morning service. And they go to that social event and they find out, hey, these people are kind of cool and all are weirdos and they all go to the same church. Okay, you know, three months, three weeks, three months later, maybe I'm going to try out this church and go there. Um, and it will solidify the visitor and new member experience which has been a vexing problem for us as a church and as leadership for the last year and a half at least. Um, So here's our goal. Here's the concrete goal, okay? By July of 2016, which is six months. I think we could do it faster than six months, but we're going to say it in July. So in fact, I'll stand up here in July and say, yes, we did it. No, we didn't. Um... Um, in July of 2016, we want to have set up a clear and intentional way of connecting people uh, to our community and to various forms of community um, that meet people in their various stages of life, with their various stages of available time. Um, and I have a few measures here how we'll know if we've been successful. Here's how we know, we'll know if we've, we've done what we've set out to do. Um, in July, we'll ask Um, How many of our adults who regularly attend our services are involved in some sort of intentional Monday through Saturday community at least once a month? And we want that answer to be 60% or higher. Which is in one sense not that high of a number, but in another sense is a fairly high number, three out of five adults. Here's what you'll find, I think what we'll find is not everybody wants to be connected right away. That's okay, right? I mean, it's a process. Maybe they need to just worship with us for a while. And then eventually they find that next step as community. 
but it needs to be there for them. The goal is not to force everyone into something they don't want or like or uncomfortable with. Um, it's actually to provide something for people who are already here and don't have it. And for the people who will see show up in the next six months who won't have it if we don't do anything about it. And then, so 60% of adults in regular attendance, and then five people or families who have found a home at FC3 either through a community, whether that's a social event or, or whatnot, um, being able to come to that and then entering into the church, or because of, as a new member, new visitor coming in, they're being able to be plugged into a community. Um, and that helping them feel at home and feel like they have a home and have found a home at FC3. Um, so this is our goal for the next six months, um, to, be, to build and foster more, to be more intentional about having a deep community in a shallow world, something that we've had in the past, that we have in places here still, um, but something that we don't have intentionally across the board in easy next clear steps to be able to plug people in. Um, so what can you do? Okay, I'm, I'm calling on every ministry, every leader, every member of FCQ to make this your top priority for the next six months until July. Um, of course, other things are going on. Of course, uh, as leadership, we'll have a couple other projects and goals and things that we're working on. Um, but we, we want everyone to move in the same direction with focus and clarity. Um, I've got five things for you. One, um, what could you do is to look in a mirror uh, and ask yourself these questions. Do you feel like you have a community here at FCQ? And if so, what does it look like? When is it? How did it form? How is it sustained? Are there ways that you can develop an easy on-ramp so that we can invite others into that community? Are there ways that you can duplicate, or we as a church can duplicate what you found to be a sustaining community? Number two, I'd ask you to commit. Um, I'd ask for us to pray about stepping up as leaders. Um, we, like most small churches, have fallen into the trap, right? Of you have a lot of people doing most, a little bit of the people doing most of the work. Um, Still, though, we have lots of untapped potential, even in this room. And people who have done things like this before. People who maybe right now are feeling the call, like I could do something like that. I could open up my home uh, to foster community. But maybe you are unsure if you're qualified, don't have the confidence. Um, we can train you. We can equip you. We can resource you. In fact, we set up the budget to do this. We've got the money to do it. Um, don't let fear or lack of confidence hold you back. Um, so commit. Number three, share. If you have an idea, we want to hear it. I want to hear it. You have my phone number. You have my email address. Let me know. At the same time, um, be aware that as a church, we're going to be very careful and intentional with what we do. Um, part of this is because the cardinal rule in leadership and in ministry is not to waste people's time. The maddest I've ever been in any organization is when I felt like 
my time was being wasted or being micromanaged or something like that, right? Um, so for whatever reason, we think maybe your idea won't get the traction that it needs and we decide maybe not to try it. I'm asking advance for your feelings not to get hurt. It doesn't mean we didn't value that input. It doesn't mean we don't value your next input, right? Um, but, but we don't want to throw something out um, and, and waste your time or others' times um, unless we're pretty confident that it's going to be something that fits FCQ's personality, that fits into to this vision. Um, we're not going to throw out an artificial boxed program on our congregation. So I'm not going to show up next week with something that I paid $100 for and just implement a church-wide program of community. Um, we're going to think steps more than programs. Um, there's nothing wrong with programs, but we don't. there's a, a danger in programs that can make you think you're doing more than you're doing. Uh, it can actually confuse you instead of clarify you. So you have so many programs going on, um, there's no real clarity in what we're hitting and how we're hitting it. Um, so we're not going to throw out of programs. We're thinking steps. Um, number four, be flexible. This will involve some experimenting. might involve maybe trying something new to you. Um, for some of us, I know we have that community, and we might be a little bit afraid to let other people into it, because it's going to change it. But you've got to have the, the spiritual courage and confidence to let other people in or to be willing to try something new to you or maybe to us as a church. And then lastly, the, the last thing I'm asking of us is for prayer. And then I would ask everyone in the room right now whether they would be willing to commit to praying every day for the next 30 days. So just for the first month of, of this um, vision. Um, for FCQ to become a more efficient, more practical, deep community in a shallow world. Can I get a couple amens if you're willing to commit to that prayer? Amen. amen. Yeah. I think if we, we start this saturated in prayer, um, there's no better way to, to guide us going forward. Um, now, we're not going to stop doing what we're doing at FCQ, right? So we've got an Ash Wednesday service coming up on Wednesday. Come on out to that. This is an amazing time. We started it last year. It's only going to be better this year. Um, if you've not experienced it, it really will be a blessing for you as you go into Lent season and then prepare for Easter. Um, we're starting a new sermon series tomorrow, on, or not tomorrow, on Sunday, called on the book of Amos. Um, again, if, if preaching is one of our top qualities, um, this might be your intro into inviting somebody, right? Hey, our pastor does something really cool right before Easter every year. He preached through an Old Testament book. No. Sometimes it's something that wouldn't make sense really to people if they just opened it, picked it up without any advanced preparation. Um, but it usually turns into something pretty significant, right? Um, look for the de-churched. Look for those who you can invite and say, if you're looking for deeper content, come to our church. If you're looking for a place that is willing to wrestle with your doubts and questions, come on over to our church. If you're looking for a place that maybe doesn't have perfect yet, but is fully committed to 
this community they value so much, come over to our church. And in July, um, we'll stand back up here and, and we'll celebrate. We'll have a big celebration. Because we'll be one step closer to being the FCQ that God has in mind for us. We'll have a deep community in the shallow world. Will you pray with us? Father, I thank you for your love for